All right, the first race of the year in Lenzerheide, Switzerland, didn't disappoint and provided us with some incredible racing. So it's time for our first Maxxis Tyres post-race show of the year. Maxxis is synonymous with racing and is the name that comes to mind when you think of performance. It's no surprise that they've won more than any other brand in the history of World Cup and EWS racing. No matter where or how you ride, Maxxis has the tyres for you with a wide range of tread patterns, casing and compound options. On my enduro bike, I run the DHR2 Max Terra Double Down on the rear, paired up with the Asagai Max Grip up front in the slightly lighter XO Plus compound. The downhill bike has got a DHR2 front and rear, both with a DH casing and their super grippy Max Grip compound. Both setups are working great for me, but take a look at the lineup and choose what's best for you. You can check out the entire range of Maxxis tyres over at maxis.com and find the tyres at your local Maxxis dealer. You can also give them a follow on Instagram where they're at Maxxis Bike. All right, it's time to sit down with Nico Mullally and Ollie Morris to find out all about what went on at this incredible first round in Lenzerheide. So without further ado, here's our first Maxxis Tyres post-race show of the season. Okay, it's the first post-race show of the year. Lenzerheide delivered a pretty incredible race. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by Nico Mullally. Nico, uh, a bit different for you this time around, man. Sitting, unfortunately over in the US behind a computer screen and not behind a handlebar here in Switzerland. Um, how's that been? When was the last time you uh, you sat out a World Cup from this far away? Man, it's it's been a few seasons now. I've, I've been pretty lucky with injuries at least the past three or four years where I haven't, I haven't really missed any. Um, but it's a part of our sport and luckily I'm well on the road to recovery. I... Normally, I'm able to give you guys a perspective of of what it's like to race, but this time I watched all the coverage, everything I could. I was glued to the computer screen, um, wishing I was there. So I probably got to see more of the race and less of my own experience. So I'm excited to talk about the race with you guys. It was definitely a really exciting one. Nice one. Yeah, it was super exciting for sure. And we're joined on this post-race show uh, by none other than Ollie Morris. Ollie's been on the podcast a couple of times in the past, friend of the show for sure, and a very smart guy. Ollie, give us um, just a little bit of a brief overview of like who you are and what you do for people that maybe haven't heard you on the podcast before. Cool. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Firstly, Chris, I uh I'm looking forward to talking through some of my experience of uh, what we've done and seen today. Um, so, yeah, I work for MS Mondraker as team coach or line scout or whatever you want to call me, dog's body sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I, this year, uh, just trackside and uh, working in the new, in my new B zone, as uh, <laughs> that it's called, uh, which is something to talk about in a bit. Um and obviously checking the lines and helping the riders on on track side. Uh, last year, though, was pretty fun. I managed to ride with the riders, mainly with Ellie in Group B, uh, which was for sure interesting. And actually, I've seen this year a few other teams of doing that, having like somebody supporting the rider. I think Camille seemed, I'm, I'm guessing here, but it looked like Camille uh actually had a, a rider with her for like the whole time as well so Interesting. um so yeah i did that last year and uh yeah this year slightly different but um yeah it's been a good good few days if if, <laughs> if a long few days yeah whirlwind of a first world cup um before but yeah, before we talk about the world cup itself nico you spent a lot of the day in front of the computer like me watching uh watching downhill footage which is ace it's great that we've had so much more uh footage available i suppose over the last couple of days 
Any thoughts on the first broadcast? There's definitely some some fairly significant changes, I think, from previous years. I, I thought it was good. Um, I don't think it was miles better than Red Bull TV. I think they got to a really good spot where the show was a well-oiled machine. And, and these guys definitely, I noticed over each session, got better. So I watched the junior race on YouTube. And then this morning I got up early to watch all the semifinals and finals. And it seemed like, um, there was definitely a few kinks to work out from that junior race. Um, but I guess the biggest thing was hearing different voices. At first I was like, I don't like these guys. That's not Rob Warner, but at the end, like Cedric made me laugh and I came around and I got used to it. So I thought they did a good job. And I think with the resources they have behind them, it's, it's only going to improve. For sure. Yeah. I think that they definitely settled into it, but it was, I felt a little bit like it was lacking in some of the insight that we had towards the latter days of Red Bull TV with like the split overlays and comparisons and the, like the virtual straight and um, the, the key sector and stuff. There was maybe a little bit less of that. I guess hopefully they'll build out some of that stuff over time and we'll see a bit more of it getting added throughout the season. But for a first run, definitely a good start. Um, decent amount of cameras on track. Didn't quite see the whole track, but it was it was pretty close, which is uh, is good because we didn't even have any cameras on that that new off camber section last year. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Ollie, tell us a bit about the track. It was pretty similar to previous years, right? There was only really one kind of semi significant change right near the top. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, pretty identical. There was that change at the top, taken out like that little top rock garden um which meant you just came around this kind of grassy right hander which obviously rutted up and a few there's a few rocks in it but it was pretty flat out so coming into that first straight just before the road was insane and uh and you've probably seen actually uh henry kerr's had an, an insane crash on it uh i think you're hitting his head i don't know what they're up to with his injury but there was definitely a higher speed entering that that first road but after that the track was identical. Yeah, exactly the same. Um, maybe, obviously, where the poles are and stuff, maybe a little bit wider in places, I would say. Um, but, yeah, identical. And, and I spoke to a couple of people about that, really, and probably carry on the conversation with you guys about, you know, how much courses should change, how much it should freshen up, or whether we like the kind of, you know, building sections so they become iconic and, you know, like the Rock Garden in Monster Anne or obviously sections in Fort William or wherever else, you know, it becomes iconic. And um, yeah, I've kind of got my views, but yeah, I don't know what what you guys think on on that sort of keeping the courses the same. I guess there's a bit of a, a balance in all that. Hey, like, like you say, it is nice to have these sections that we see year in, year out, and that we can see almost see the progression of the riding and the technology and the speed that riders are enabled to get through it. Um, but yeah, something fresh for the riders, I guess, and new challenges. Like, were were there puzzles being had still? I'm guessing even if the track was the same, people were still spending a lot of time puzzling over lions. Hey, Ollie. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. There was. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I tried operating through the weekend. I tried firstly remembering what, how the course developed last year. So trying to think like, I remember on the steep, it was kind of like everyone was on outside and then they sort of all us line scouts had told everyone, everybody that the inside in the steep was faster so everyone kind of ran over to the to the inside except for omre stayed outside and and won that sector you know like because he just carried on blasting the outside absolutely flat out so i was trying to like operate off that but even that 
that wasn't that t- approach wasn't necessarily always working on all the sections because even Omare, who I thought was going to just stay outside all week this week, he then started puzzling as well. And I saw him going to inside, and I can't remember. I mean, obviously he didn't race because he was injured, but I, uh, I know he he was definitely having a look on the inside as well. So I think it was then and it was Finn was who then ended up being that staying on the outside kind of thing. So. Yeah, we were still puzzling. It, it 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 starts again. It's really funny, and Nico will know this from being on track. But he, you know, you go back to these tracks, and you you come. You're, you're a different person each year, aren't you? You have maybe you have a different bike, you have a different team, you're a diff, you have a different ability, maybe, or you know, you ride differently. It's it's a new time. So I actually I actually quite like it. I think you the creativity comes in. The rider, how the line they take, how they approach it, all of those sorts of things. The creativity comes in the bike, you know, how we can improve the bike to go through said section or ride the whole track in a different way. Um, you know, how the team set up, your strategy around it, all of those things you can be creative with, even if the track is still fundamentally the same. Yeah, yeah, true. And the track sort of definitely saw some weather over the weekend, not huge amounts, but some some rain that was impacting things and there were definitely points in time where it was was slipperier more slippery <laughs> Nico, i'm guessing that kind of adds quite a lot of mental load for riders especially i would guess in this new format where we're like a bit less time is available and there's there's less turnaround and all that kind of stuff so it, it's gonna make for a more tiring week do you think nico having that variance in conditions yeah i think it's just adds another level of stress to the riders who are already um, under pressure that weekend, you go into the weekend with a plan and you have a short amount of practice to try to figure out the track and get your bike set up. And then during that short practice, the weather changes and you don't know whether to try to push through that and get what you need out of the, out of the practice session or minimize risk and just maybe learn the track without really pushing it. Um, it's different in every circumstance, how much it rains, what the conditions on the track are. So it's a tough balance and you kind of just have to play it by ear, but it definitely, like those are the things that makes downhill unique in that it's, it's the guy who maybe is expected to win. You can never predict. Those are the cool variables that we have in our sport. 100%. And how were the riders coping Ollie with this new format? Cause the schedule is, is relatively different, right? Quite a lot shifted around. There's a, a little bit less time in everything. And then the, the race day itself with semis and finals very close together is, is pretty full on. Like what was the general feedback like from riders throughout the week? Um, so going into the week, everyone seemed really excited. Like whether they were just telling themselves that, to, you know, be like, it's all okay, I'll be fine kind of thing. Like uh, telling themselves they love it. But yeah, they were definitely... Everyone was like, yeah, we get more racing. Great, brilliant kind of thing. Let's let's do this. Um, in terms of actually race day, it was... Uh, I'm trying to think of the words that some of the riders were saying, but it, uh, stressful and tiring. Like, like, I don't know what the after part is going to be like, but some of the riders I've seen just look pretty, pretty knackered right now uh, in the pits and everyone's wanting to have a chill and... I mean, me, Brooke and Tahuto, we've just been for a sauna. Do you know what I mean? Just to kind of like go and relax after like a long week. Um, so, yeah, I think everyone's liking it. 
it makes it exciting. It doesn't give an awful lot of space, that's for sure, and to talk about mechanics sort of position there. But um, riders are liking it. But yeah, I wonder what it would be like on a bigger track, you know, a longer track and more physical track than Lenzerheide. Definitely, definitely. And the track speed based on the times, like considering the track was pretty similar the, the whole way down, the times are quite a bit faster um, than previous years. And that track speed has potentially converted into a fair number of injuries, I would say. It feels like more, certainly, of the higher-profile riders as well, like going down and suffering this week. So we've seen Aaron Gwynn out, I think we're Masters, Ben Cathro, mm. Luke Meyersmith, Jenna Hastings, Jess Blewett sat out with concussion, Amory sat out with a, a pretty sore neck, I think. Any thoughts on that side of things, Nico? Were you expecting to see more of this with like higher speeds and a little bit less kind of time for rest and recovery um i th i think for sure with just the amount of racing going on more injuries have to be expected but this track might be one that can produce it as well um it's a really high speed generally the whole way down um there's not a lot as much line choice and creativity as there is there's not a huge advantage to one line or the or the other so you end up pushing so hard for I mean, you saw how tight the times were in the race, like winning uh, two tenths of a second can be a couple of spots on this track. And we always say that, but this one is more than, than most. So I think guys are, are really just pushing the limit to get those marginal gains. And that puts them a little bit further into that risk zone. And I think when the conditions are good, like they were this weekend, the, the speeds get even higher. Um, normally we see actually more injuries in a when the conditions are perfect because because the the g-forces are higher than when it's muddy or inconsistent so i think it was kind of just the perfect scenario for yeah it being a little bit higher risk weekend yeah and uh yeah it goes without saying that we wish all the riders that were down this weekend and got hurt speedy recovery hopefully uh everyone's okay and we'll see them all back at some point in the future between the tapes again Let's um, let's get stuck into the racing a little bit, and it's um, it's the juniors that kick off the racing week now, which is a little bit different. They also get shown uh, free to air uh, for the first time ever, as far as I'm aware. Um, and the junior women was won by um, a New Zealander, I think, Aries van Leuven, who uh, was hotly tipped by Katie Winton, who'd spent a bit of time out there and seen her riding. Um, a pretty impressive performance as well. She put a good uh, good chunk of time into the rest of the field above. Valentina Roa Sanchez and and Lisa Budalu. Did you tune into the junior racing, Nico? You saw that? I did, yeah. Um, I was excited to check out all the coverage, and that was the first one on. Um, I, I thought it was interesting, too, that they practiced the first day when right after track walk, and it looked like from all the videos, all the elites were up scouting the track, kind of seeing where the juniors were riding. It must be a lot more pressure on those guys to have all the the best elite riders watching them go through each section, which normally never have in a normal B practice early in the morning. So added another element to the mix. <laughs> I was going to ask about that, actually. Like the track walk, because of the, I guess, compressed window for track walk, track walk looks super busy, kind of hard to see lines and look down the track. Do you think there's benefit, Ollie, in maybe not going on that initial track walk, but track walking after the junior practice to see kind of what's burnt in? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It would be uh, beneficial to do that. The um, but I, just to jump on Nico's point there. There's 
the lines of all these juniors heroes down the track on the first turn and and the amount i mean the juniors are always a little bit wild push a bit too hard and and i and i'm not just talking about the boys either the girls like pushing from the first run you know like and and we were all saying like do you think it's because their hero is literally leaning over the tape like (laughs) watching every inch of what they do kind of thing so yeah it was I, I I mean, it's always carnage, but I've never seen so much carnage as the juniors. And to add it to that, the pace of the juniors and the strength and depth at pace of the juniors is way higher than I've ever seen. And again, in uh, male and female, it's uh, it's awesome to see. But uh, there was an argument to say that if if you were say Nico going racing to maybe not watch the juniors because it might put you off going on track. <laughs> um, but, but, but actually just go and look at the track afterwards. Like on Mondraker, we went, we went and looked, we went and watched, but um, yeah, some of the craziness can certainly put you off. Impressive. Yeah. And like you say, some super fast times in the, in the men. So Christian Hauser took the win, Bodie Kuhn in second, Hugo Marini in third, all, uh, all pretty tight, but, do you know much about Christian Hausenik? I think that was his first World Cup. Yeah, it was. I know he's first year elite. Um, pretty good friends with Walker Shaw, who managed the Union team last year. And he told me about him when they were um, scouting out riders for the season. So um, I was excited to watch him race. And you, you never know these names. I'm sure you didn't hear of Jordan Williams until he raced his first elite world cup two years ago, or sorry, first, uh, junior world cup two years ago. So, um, the class has graduated and the new ones in and they will grow into the role. I'm sure the junior racing will produce more fast elite athletes in years to come and shape them into the riders that, that they're going to become. 100%. Yeah. And it's great that they're getting some coverage as well. It gives them an extra incentive that they don't need to push harder. Um, but yeah, always cool to watch those, uh, those lot throwing it down. Let's touch on the qualies briefly. Um, I guess no massive surprise to see Cami take the top spot. She's, we know, very capable, super consistent, knows how to perform. She locked that one down nicely. But Rachel Atherton in second, Ollie, I think for quite a lot of people was maybe a little bit of a shock from that qualifying session. Uh, yeah, including her, I think, (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, I I mean, I thought she was going to be going well this weekend. She, she clearly came into this season with more prep than she did when she kind of came to, did she come to two rounds, but a couple of rounds last year, just one. Yeah. And was it one? Was it? Okay. And, uh, so there was, there was definitely more prep, so I thought she was going to do better. But the f- the female field again is so the strength and depth is 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 huge now. So to just come back and step in was insane. I actually saw G after the race. I didn't manage to speak to Rachel and asked G. I was like, "Did you guys expect this?" And he was like, "Absolutely not, absolutely not." So yeah, massive congrats to her. I think everyone. I'm surely there's not one person in the world who isn't like stoked for how well she did. Yeah, incredible to watch. We'll talk a bit more about that race run in a bit. And then in the in the men's quali, Andy Kolb had an incredible season last season. I spoke to him for the podcast a couple of weeks back and he said he was just going to go out and try and win every session. Like he felt like that was the right approach. And uh, he executed in qualifying first place. And, and Nico, I think carrying that momentum, like feeling like you've carried that momentum from the previous season must be a huge boost because... 
it's very hard, I think, for riders, especially with an off-season as long as this. We've had like half a year off. It must have felt really good for him to to know he's still absolutely firing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with an off-season that long, you have a lot of time to think about it. But in my experience as a racer, it's almost like the last race, no matter how long it was ago, gives you confidence. So him looking at his last season and how he was able to finish it up, top five overall, that gave him confidence going into this race, no matter how long ago it was. And um, with a whole winter under his belt of training, I think he was able to, you know, he believed he could do that and put the pieces together in that first session to make it happen. Yeah, impressive. And we lost uh, we lost a few big names. So Dean Lucas didn't make the cut. Joe Breeden didn't get through. Oshina Callahan very nearly did with no shoe on one of his feet, which is quite impressive. No idea how he did that. Um, but Sam Hill in 120th. What do we think about that, Nico? It's cool to see Sam back, but I don't. Again, I think people were piling pretty uh, strong hopes on him for a, a better performance than that. Yeah, I mean. Sam Hill's my favorite rider. So I, I was really hoping to see good things out of him, but I, I wouldn't say I was expecting them. Um, just watching him ride the past year, I guess, in the EWS and then some of the downhill races that he did this spring, I, I wasn't really expecting big things. I, I was hoping for them, but um, I think the sports just progressed a ton and um, the next generation is, is firing. The tracks are a little different now. They're definitely much faster and more committed than than they were when he was dominating the world cups so i think the whole style is a bit different um but yeah i i wasn't expecting him to crush it but uh i think we were all expecting a little better than 120th so hopefully sam can um learn along the way i mean like we said things have changed so maybe take away from this weekend some things for next weekend and make make the cut for quality and eventually, you know, work up into the, into the semifinal. And then from there to the final would be cool. Um, I saw an interview where he said he was hoping for a few podiums and maybe a win along the way. And I thought, man, that's going to be really tough, but, uh, I, I'd love to see him on the live feed. I just, I'd love to see his run again. That'd be awesome. hundred percent. Yeah. N- N- Nico, did, did you, did you, do you think Sam's got slower or has the field got faster? Man, that's that's tough. I think a combination of the two. I would say um, he's definitely not the peak athlete that he was in 2007, 2008, but the field's also gotten way faster. I often think that about myself. Sometimes I feel like I'm riding way better than I ever have been, but um, either being stagnant in my position from year to year or even going backwards. So, uh, every year everybody gets faster. So it's gotta be a combination of the two. Yeah. We'll see what Sam can do. I think he'll put some work in over the season. I wouldn't be surprised to see him, uh, move up a bit from there. Another rider that I just want to name check is Roger Vieira. He's got support from, uh, wins privateer project, which is a really cool initiative, fair play win. And everyone that's behind supporting that, um, it didn't go his way, but he did put down a pretty storm in 20th place in qualies. He had a an issue in uh, in semis and didn't make the final cut. But what do you know about Roger, Ollie? He's a, he's a racer that spends a lot of time around the UK circuit. Do you know, Roger is the person who, whatever line he is on, 
that's the line I radio down to let the boys know which one to be on. <laughs> uh he uh yeah he, he is like the, the the fastest person to the right line and I, I always see him on track as well at world cups he's always he often like jumps in behind lorry like good choice jumping behind a rider that like goes i say goes faster gets better results than you but he hounds lorry through practice <laughs> like i feel sorry for lorry because he's like he's on his tail like and, he, and lorry cannot and lorry would admit as well that you can't shrug him off through practice so um yeah there's um there's so much potential uh that we're already starting to see over the past couple of years uh in roger he's and and with it he's a really nice guy isn't he so yeah it's great to see him doing so well awesome yeah look forward to seeing what he can do throughout the season with that little bit of extra support behind him let's um talk mm. a little bit about some of the semi-final highlights we'll start with the women's and one of the riders i wanted to to prick out ollie was uh phoebe gale um she had a, a good quality but um yeah had a bit of a stall in, in semis and kind of missed out on finals but fifth place i think in qualifiers uh, for a rider making that leap up it and she looked like super lit in uh all the vital raw stuff that i saw what was it looking like on track yeah she's uh looking great on track and i've seen her actually quite a bit through the winter as well and i've seen how like focused she is and like understanding that she's entering like the big girls now you know it's like she's she's entering the big show kind of thing now and it's and it's awesome to see and then one thing in junior though she was always a little bit wild i would say so she was kind of some of the crashes i would see out of her was uh yeah were big but through practice she looked really solid you know and and, it, and i'm not surprised that her quali result was she like fifth in quali i think and or sixth uh and then the uh and followed up with 11th in semi like she deserves that result maybe and more um she looked good looked solid and uh, looks ready to make that female field as with all these fields we're talking about, but make that female field even stronger, you know, and, 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 and more, more faster women in it. Yeah, it's cool. It didn't quite go away this weekend, but it's definitely a sign of things no. to come. It was cool, cool to see. And, uh, Nico Valley mm. had a pretty nasty crash <laughs> in her semis run in that trying to get through that little rock gap. It looked like at the, the bottom end of the course, which is pretty tight at the best of times, but, not a massively heavy crash by the looks of it, but not nice. But also, I guess she seemed like she was in a bit of a rush. I guess she wanted to get the bike back and get that sorted um, by the mechanic to get up for a finals run. But I guess it's got to be pretty hard to like reset and go straight away back up to the top and hit that at race run pace. What are your thoughts on that, Nico? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to tell you what it's like. I wish I was there to try it, but... I can imagine that it's stressful. Um, even if just not knowing if anything was wrong with your bike would be stressful. Um, a, a small crash and trying to get that out of your mind and get back in time to get rested, recovered up to the top and focus for that next run is it's just a tight, tight turnaround, but, um, glad she was able to do it. And I think all the riders are going to be learning a little bit as they go with these things. Yeah, trying to find that right pace is uh, it's definitely going to be challenging, I guess. We'll, we'll touch quickly on the men's semi-final. Amory uh, decided not to race. Ollie, did you see his crash? Yeah, it was carnage. It, well, there, there was Laurie had crashed first. Then uh, there was another rider came through and crashed. And then 
almost like, and they're not almost nearly, although they were off track, they were like nearly hitting into each other when they were crashing. And then Omari came through and uh, and crashed a sim- same sort of place, maybe off a diff- slid on a different route, but he went straight into a rock, and uh, and it didn't didn't look comfortable at all. And uh, yeah, he was he was straight away complaining of kind of like his neck and and was feeling sore. Um, like I asked him if he was all right, and I think the reply was "come see, come sa," which I think is that like okay, not okay, or something along those lines. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, it it was. It, I mean, I've seen him crash worse, but uh, I think it was a bit of an uncomfortable hit, to be fair. But it was just during that time as well when um, uh, when the track was drying. So the the Group B had come out in like really slick conditions, and then Group A, uh, it was like the sun had come up enough, and the track was starting to dry. This was following the kind of overnight rain, if you know what I mean. And uh, yes, yeah, so the, sun, the sun was coming up, the track was drying. So it was that kind of, the roots were kind of dry at this point, but your tires were wet as they were hitting them. So um, yeah, for a spectator, maybe it was quite fun to watch, but not not with his crash. It, was, it wasn't it was comfortable, you know, but seeing, you could see people like Ronan Dunn coming in crazy <laughs> hot. And uh, uh, I've got, in fact, I've got footage of, um, of uh, Teo coming in and uh, he actually might have been online. You may have seen it, but he came in and somebody crashed before him. He hit uh, the guy's bike or Teo hit this other guy's bike, kind of went over the bars, but landed on his feet. And then he just sort of stood up and bowed to everybody and the spectators <laughs> were loving it. So it was that kind of vibe in that section. But then it got a bit serious with um, when obviously Omari went down and had a bit of a, yeah, it wasn't a comfortable landing. Yeah, not good. Well, hopefully he's uh, got a decent amount of time and he'll be able to get himself set for Lee again, but made the right call by the sounds of it sitting out uh, the rest of the day. Um, a rider that you worked very closely with, Ollie, Brooke McDonald. It was awesome to see him firing and uh, and making it through into the big show. He must have been pretty stoked with that. He was stoked, yeah, yeah. I think uh, he's a racer, so he wanted more. You know, he, he you know when he got down, I was buzzing for him. Uh, but I know he, he kind of, you know, he, he, he wants to be back in that top 10 group and fighting. So, and, and that's right. And actually, I think even he would admit, he admitted this, you know, he was kind of like the fact that he's got that fire in his belly to be back in that top 10, that's step number one, you know, like I think there was a certain points last year, you know, he was, he, you know, wasn't enjoying his season really. And, and, and everyone could see that, uh, he's coming to this year, uh, He's had a slight up and down winter training, but the last kind of three months have been really, really solid. Um, you know, he's come in really fit. He's come in really strong, although he's always strong. That's Brooke McDonald we're talking about. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, and like I say, but he's coming with the fire in his belly. Like he was like, he was like, Ollie, I feel nervous again. And 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 like, you know, he didn't really have the nerves so much last year, but but this year and today he was like, I feel nervous what do I do with the nerves again? You know, it was kind of like, you know, just making sure that the nerves didn't take over. Um, and the riders like him, they, they, they need the nerves. They want the nerves. They, they thrive off it. That's why they do this game week in, week out, year in, year out. So, um, yeah, great to see him up there. Uh, he's had literally five or six days on the new bike, um, which has been great. Um, but obviously that's not, uh, not very long. So, uh, for me, I think really positive. They can make more steps with the bike in terms of setup. 
um, they can he can make more steps now in terms of his confidence because now you know you can start posting some decent times again. It's been, it's well, this like any sport, it's a snowball effect, isn't it? He can then you know go in a bit harder next time, kind of thing. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Leah going for him, and it's just great. Like everyone loves the bulldog, and everybody wants to see him do well. So it's it's another one where it's like okay, you know. Uh, there, there's, there, there was more maybe in the tank today, but for the future, uh, it's looking definitely pretty good for him. Ace, I look forward to seeing more from Brooke for sure. Another rider that's mm-hmm. had a, a couple of challenging years, but was was backfiring and putting in some good results. Phil Atwell, always good to see that boy riding a bike. Incredible bike handler. And it looked like, I mean, riders across the field were definitely not holding back very much, if at all, in semis. Nico, I wanted to ask you about a rider that you've spent quite a bit of time with in the past on previous team setups, and that's Angel Suarez. He's got a new bike, new team, kind of setup, I think, built around him this year. Sounds like, from what Cedric was saying, he's put a lot of graft in, a lot of race run practice out there in Andorra. Had that pretty cool gap in the top corner as well. Like, what did you think to Angel's performance this weekend? Um. I thought his performance in in quality was obviously really good. I think he would be the first to say he was disappointed in the the next two runs. It seemed like he made just too many mistakes in the semi and then um, obviously had the crash in the final. I was quietly confident on Angel coming into the weekend. I remember in 2018 when Worlds were there, he he was on for a, for a medal until he crashed in the last turn. So I knew he, this was a track that he would do well at and... I think the new team was really good for his excitement. Um, I think he felt like he had something to prove. And coming off the end of last season, he was riding really well. Obviously, he had that crash at Worlds. But before that, on that run, he was he was going for it. So um, I think he has to expect a few kinks to work out after changing so much but um, and such a long offseason. But I think his speed's there, which it always has been. So... Well, uh, last year he got third in Leo Gangs. We'll expect big things for him next weekend. Definitely, yeah. Well, definitely a rider to watch. All right, let's move on to the uh, the finals. And we, we started out with the women. Um, Nico, it was cool to see a steel downhill bike there, the Contra with Anna Newkirk racing that into the final. Uh, what what did you think to both the the bike, the team, and the rider? It was a, it was a good performance from Anna. Yeah, it was awesome. I she's American, but I know she lives over there in Switzerland, so it must have felt more like a home race to her than probably even racing a snowshoe. Um, yeah, it's cool to see that team come together. I talked to Evan Turpin a lot, who designed the bike, and he's um, he's definitely a mastermind of uh, suspension linkages. So it was cool to see that team yeah get together and her put in that run on it i think there's so much that goes into it from teams with a lot more resources than they have they're definitely putting a lot of elbow grease and uh i think everybody loves to see that definitely definitely a rider again that uh surprised people i think perhaps a little bit this weekend although we probably shouldn't be surprised these days hattie Harden having her first go at world cup she's raced i think three downhill races in the UK, two BDSs and a Pierce. Um, pretty limited downhill bike time, Enduro still being a, a prime focus. Ollie, it was pretty cool to see her sliding away comfortably into the top 10 for her first ever World Cup. Really cool. Yeah, I, I've seen her at all the, the nationals and things like that recently and was like, 
what's going on here? Why do you keep turning up here kind of thing? Uh, so it's great to see. And um, uh, I think she, because she's done quite a few different disciplines, hasn't she? Like we think like enduro, XC, cyclocross, now downhill. So she, you know, she's like, I think it's really good. Like that, that like you gain so many different skills and experience and uh, I guess racing attitudes from from the multi, like different sort of uh, uh, different types of racing. So yeah, I think it's great to see uh, her, and hopefully she'll just keep building through downhill. Definitely, yeah. Hopefully we'll see her at more. I think she's got our eyes on uh, Fort William World Champs, so we'll see how we go there. Uh, a rider that was good to see back on full form, and it looked like a really kind of level-headed approach to the weekend um, and easing herself back into racing. And that was Marine Cabaru, uh, Nico, a, a rider that we know for a pretty aggressive style. Um, feels like we're getting back towards the old Marine now, like after, again, a few pretty bad injuries and, and some challenges. Yeah, for sure. It, it looked like she just built consistency through the weekend and got better in each session, which is really good. She's had um, some struggles the past two years, but to come back and I think this is, she should be super happy. She should be proud of herself this weekend and just take that and keep on building next weekend. Yeah, hundred percent. And Ollie, a rider that I'm sure you can empathize with. You've been through a, a, a reasonably significant concussion challenge recently and that's Tani Seagrave coming back. I think she was pretty emotional from what she posted on social, like just being back on a racetrack and getting through her runs. And I think she was pretty stoked with how she did. Yeah, awesome to see her back, wasn't it? Um, and I think she was just loving being back on track, uh, feeling the kind of vibe of racing again. Like I think she put no, from what I gather, I, she put no pressure on herself to like put a result down. But um, yeah, and, and to be honest, like I saw her in practice, I, I thought she was going to be a bit further up the field than she was. But I think at this stage in her recovery, that's not the point. It's about coming back, racing, and uh, and building back up. Definitely. Fair. All right, let's talk about some of those uh, those top results. Valley Hole, it looked like a pretty huge run. She was definitely pushing hard at the top of the track. Potentially, I don't know whether she backed off a little bit coming through that rock gap where she'd had the, the crash in semis there. Um, but it looked like that was going to be a pretty solid run. And then from there, it really started to, to heat up. And um, Nina Hoffman, Nico, Again, like working through the adversity, so she'd had a, a bit of a topple earlier in the in the weekend and uh, ended up with a brace because I think her knee was causing her quite a lot of issues. But she, I think she said herself on social, she was in like in tears in the morning, not thinking she could do it, and then she's up there putting third place down. It just shows where her riding's at at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It shows where her riding's at. It shows where um, the adrenaline of getting to the start gate can make some of those things go away and awesome to see her put in that run and we'll expect it to just keep building through the season yeah i'm i wouldn't be surprised to see some pretty big results from nina this year and camille Balanche again i think she said she had a, a run that she was happy with it was clean on the day it just wasn't enough but ollie cami looks to be a big threat again for for the season and for the overall i think like a good a good solid consistent weekend from her yeah, for sure. She's one of those riders, isn't she, where it just week in, week out, she'll she'll be winning it or at least one of the closest ones to winning it kind of thing. And uh, yeah, her riding is just solid. It's um, 
you know, from what I gather, she she didn't ride loads when she was young. I think she came from another sport. Was it hockey or something That's like right, this? That's right, yeah. Um, she was an Olympic hockey player, yeah. Totally. So I think she's kind of like, you know, she's obviously learned the technique, learned the skills, learned how to ride, like in later life as such, you know, not when not in as a child, but uh, but brings like a professional athlete kind of mindset, which, uh, as you know, is like, well, I'm sure all of us agree on this call. Like, it's it, that's more important, <laughs> you know, if you've got the right mindset to racing and can deal with pressure, you're going to do better. And that's why she's always up there and or winning. Yeah. You talk about professional athlete mindset. Uh, there aren't many people on this planet like Rachel Atherton. Uh, she came back last year mm-hmm. with basically no training and, and threw down a sixth place, but she's come back this year with a, a little bit more, but I think she hasn't, from what she said, not ridden outside of Dovey bike park until she turned up at Lenzerheide. Uh, Nico, just how incredible is it to, to come back with that level of preparation and be able to put down a winning run at a race like that. Oh, it's, it's incredibly impressive. It, it shows what type of athlete she is. And when I think it's so impressive, the, the riders that can take those high pressure situations and turn it into a motivator where like, like Loic always wants to be the one that goes last, like for someone like Rachel to take this situation and, thrive off of it is is so cool to see and i think it's just added so much excitement to the women's field um the times were so close it's probably one of the closest women's podiums we've had in a very long time and to have rachel coming back into the mix as an unknown it just made that race so exciting to watch so i hope she you know she said she wasn't going to race next weekend in the pre before the weekend started but i i really hope that she does some more um, she said she wanted to try to get this race in to qualify for worlds at, at Fort William, but I really hope she does some more world cups too. Cause it'd be really exciting to watch these battles continue. Yeah. It'd be a shame not to see the, uh, the overall leaders Jersey turn up at the next round in the again. So hopefully, uh, she manages to get that sorted and, and come out. I think she was saying that her team manager didn't have enough accommodation and she didn't want to like stress him out too much, but I'm sure they'll find her a spot, but that was win number 40 and podium number 75 for Rachel, which is just mind blowing. And the motivation to, to come back when you've already achieved so much is, is next level. So yeah, fair play, Rachel. That was a very special performance and I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see more. Um, We'll talk about the men's again, an action packed race, so much going on, tight margins. Uh, let's pick a, a few riders that maybe have uh, started to come back towards a form like Lucas Shaw, Nico, good friend of yours. It was good to see him holding down a solid 11th place. Like he's been again through a you know, rough couple of years, but starting to get some, some form back where a bit more where we'd expect him. Yeah, I think he's just building the second year on that team. Um, you're always going to be better once you know how everything works. Um, this race, I think, was good for him because it wasn't too far from where he stays with Yolanda for most of the summer. So I probably felt felt good to be racing there. And um, yeah, I never know with Luca because he looks so chill in practice. Like he always rides um a little bit below race pace just to get the lines almost like sam hill used to do like he never used to push it um like that's just how luca rides during practice so i I watch videos and and i think like 
is he chilling or is he off pace? I don't know. And then he's always like knocking on the door of the top 10. So I think this was a solid start for him. Um, and he can try to try to get inside that top 10 next year or next week. I know that's, that's where he wants to be. Yeah. Be good to watch him build throughout the year. Uh, Charlie Hatton into 10th, Ollie, someone that you know very well, a rider that's Again, had a pretty good season last year, showed some some serious performance. A good start to the year for Charlie. Pro- probably maybe a little further down the sheets than he'd have wanted to be, though. Yeah, I, although I think he he's often really pleased with that. Where, did he qualify eighth as well? Like he was, you know, and he was pretty stoked with eighth. So I was actually even thinking recently with Charlie, like it's time to be like literally looking at first. You know, he's, he's progressed so well. He looks so strong on the bike. Uh, we know that bike uh, goes pretty fast. So, yeah, he's someone that's like, Matt, nah, I'd love to see him like in that next step, a bit more consistent of podiums uh, rather than floating in and out and just behind the podium kind of range. Because, um, crikey, in practice, he's on great lines and, like I say, looks brilliant on the bike. Yeah, definitely. Troy Brosnan in seventh. Troy looked pretty stoked when he got to the bottom with uh, that run. He was running the new steering damper on the on the Canyon Sender, which was an interesting bit of technology. Are you surprised to see him ending up in seventh after coming down and being kind of that happy with his run, Nico? It's, uh, it just shows the the pace of the field, I guess. I'm, I guess seventh isn't where Troy wants to be or where you'd expect him to be, but if you look at the times, it, it wasn't really far off. So, um, I think he had last year by the end of the year he built back up but he still had a rough year last year with injuries and it allowed other guys to kind of get into that momentum of being on top so um i think seventh should be a solid one for him um but i know he'll be wanting more he he just wants to win and he's he rides so consistently that i think it's hard for him sometimes to to get that win he may be more level with his results than other riders that are around him. But for him to crack into that winning pace um, is what he really wants to do. And I don't think he has as many times as he's wanted in his career. I think, I think we'll see more from him. And then we got Jackson Golson in sixth, an impressive performance for a first year elite stepping up from junior, but a rough week or a rough couple of months, I guess for Jackson, he's been in hospital twice now with this appendix issue was rushed into hospital from Morzine like last weekend and we weren't expecting to see him. And then suddenly he's here and he's riding. It's pretty impressive, Nico, the mindset to be able to move on from something like that and just get the job done over a, a stressful week of racing, right? Yeah, I think it helps when you're 19. That's got to make it <laughs> a lot easier. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, he's he's been looking forward to this. Um, I think last year racing juniors and seeing where his time st- stood in elite, it was always that question of like a couple of races he had the fastest time. And I'm sure he was just super excited to actually lay one down in the elite field. Um, it definitely wasn't the perfect situation for him to do that, but nevertheless, he was, he was right in the mix. And if he can come into one after a solid week of training, then um, it's got to be more ideal than, than coming into this one. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the uh, the podium riders then. We'll start with fourth place, Laurie Greenland. 
Ollie, Laurie's a rider you've you've worked with a lot, spent a lot of time with and ride a lot with in the off season. He did look like he was seriously pushing on that run. Like he's looked fast all off season. He's had some incredible rides, some some big results. That Fort William run was kind of next level. Uh any have you had a chance to chat to Laurie? Like how did he feel about the the weekend and that run? Yeah, I think he was a bit disappointed with the start of the weekend. I think he was about tenth or eleventh in quali. Uh, so wasn't too happy with that. He's, as you've probably seen the past few winters, it's uh, uh, he's been super focused. And if I'm honest, going into this season, I've never seen him as focused ever. Like, you know, by focused, I just mean switched on uh, and really like he, we said about Troy wants to win. Laurie is now here to win, you know. And uh, I think unfortunately for all of them, there's about 10 of them that are now here to win, aren't they? But um but yeah, he's focused, he's doing well, and, and you know what, to get fourth, I think, although, yeah, he wanted to win, a good start to the season. In the past, inherently, he hasn't often started quite as strong. Um, so to be in fourth gives him a good start to the overall as well. Um, he's not complaining. I think there's more in the locker. He made a couple of mistakes. There's more to go. Um, but I'm sure a few of the riders could say the same. Yeah, it's not a bad start to the season, putting it in fourth place for sure. And then we've got to talk about specialised gravity. I mean, three riders, all of them stood on the podium. I mean, we'll start with Finn, Nico. It's good to see Finn kind of carrying that form from last year. He seems to gel really well with that new bike. It was a, a, a very good Finn performance. Still, Still fifth, I'm sure he'd want to be a bit higher, but... Cool to see, and just the start of showing what that team can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure Finn came into it expecting big things. He he finished second here last year, and he's had a whole winter on that new bike. I think last year was the first time he ever rode the new bike. So um, to see him come into this one on good form, like all the videos, he looked awesome in practice. Um, I think he definitely wanted more, but he's got to he's got to leave here being happy with, with a fifth. It's a, it's a long season. And especially now with as many opportunities there are to score points, um, to get out of here, fifth place is, uh, is, is gotta be good. Is, um, is, is podium top three or top five now? It's still a five person podium okay, for now. So. I think whether that'll get cut or not. So he's still, um, on the podium and Lawrence got to be stoked. I mean, all, all, of his riders on the podium and the last man coming down the hill. And you know, one of your two guys is going to win the race. Maybe that's stressful. Which one does he want to win the race? But, uh, it's, it's, it's cool for him. I'm sure the marketing people want the person on the new bike to be winning the race, but there we go. We can, no, we don't we sell can that one. So maybe the one, the one that they sell is better. Maybe, maybe you <laughs> never know. Ollie, tell us a bit about Lo Bruni. Like he said himself, he was going to, take it fairly steady in qualies. He wasn't a protected rider. He's clearly knows how to turn it up when it gets real serious. He looked pretty light on the bike and usual Loic precise, but there were a couple of little mistakes, I think in that finals run. Huh? Yeah. It's rare to see, isn't it with him? He's, he's, uh, he's just a machine at race runs really, isn't he? Both the men- mental side of it and uh, the technical side of it. He just stands on the bike, doesn't move a lot, doesn't, do much just goes really fast so when you do see little mistakes out of him uh it is quite surprising isn't it um but i mean look how close it is between those top three he's he's on 
he's on the same second. You know, he hasn't. He, he's he's done the same as the guy who won, hasn't he? Let's be honest. We speak about all this, but now it's got to the point where there's there's actually no difference. You know, it's just uh, the way the way the wind blew. Or I think as somebody said to me earlier, you know, it's uh, who picked the right number out the raffle ticket. You know, so it's um, yeah, you, you, he's a machine and. Uh, I just wonder how he's feeling having the new boy beaten this week. This week, that's my. Uh, I want to see. You know, that's it's a big thing. I mean, we know how competitive Lowick is, and how he's always been quite openly competitive with his teammates. You know, and he, he's a raw, red-blooded racing machine, and he doesn't want to get beaten by anyone, uh, let alone the new boy. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I let's guess see, they... let's see how he reacts to that. Is probably yeah. honestly what I'm thinking following this race they've got a history like you say of having competition within the team but i think this season is the most that's ever going to have been pushed by the looks of it like finn's on form loic's on form and it looks like jordan's on form but before we do talk about jordan let's just quickly touch on uh loris vergier nico an artist on a bike a guy who has a super light touch and is one of the best bike handlers ever i think to watch um but an uncharacteristic mistake from him as well. I think he just got maybe a little bit offline coming off that step down over the road into the heavy braking zone. How he held on to that, I don't know, though. Fair play for getting it around those turns. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in, in watching the race, you could see he he probably lost it in the amount of time that he lost in that turn. Um, it looked like he kind of jumped to the bank off of the road gap a little bit. And I don't know if he intentionally did that to get um, a, a better downside or if he was just slightly offline pushing the pace. But one of the things I was most impressed with with Loris is when he did go offline in that turn, how calm he was to get back online without compounding the mistake like Angel did. The same thing, maybe even a smaller mistake and crashed. But Loris just got the bike back online, didn't rush, and then back to the plan. Didn't didn't try to make up the time in the next section and have another crash. So um, I looked at the points and he's only two points down after all of the qualifying and, and semis. So he's leaving there so close to, to winning this, to leading this championship that um, he's got to be stoked with how consistent he rode this weekend and, and almost out of the limelight, like not the guy that's being talked about so much. So I think for Loris, that's good. Sometimes when he's got all the, all the spotlight on him, he, he hasn't enjoyed that. So I think he'll be in a good spot. This. yeah yeah definitely one to uh keep an eye out for and yeah the third of those specialized gravity riders jordan williams sticking it into the top spot first year on the team he's had a an off season where he's had to learn new teammates new team infrastructure new bike new suspension he's gone through everything and it was clear last year that you know jackson and jordan had the pace to challenge the top riders but i think everyone was questioning whether they you know they had the mental game to do that but ollie i don't know about you but it looked like jordan had a pretty like level-headed measured approach like he didn't seem to be rushing it he didn't seem to be taking insane risks like that run looked relatively composed for a race winning run on a track like that uh completely agree yeah more than relatively composed it was insane i you know seeing him ride he he is a wild rider isn't he you know he does take huge risks and and it's riders like him, I think, that are pushing the whole of this top five, top ten group to push even further. Hence the reason probably why Loris, Loic, Laurie, if you look at all of them, they actually all made a bit of a mistake, didn't they? Like they 
some maybe a couple of mistakes but Jordan and and this was words out of Brooke's mouth but Jordan uh, Brooke was saying that it, it just looked like Jordan's tires were glued to the floor you know like it was a, a kind of Bruni-esque run um, uh, that he delivered perfectly and he de- absolutely deserves it it was a uh, uh, credit to the, to the lad one thing I want to know and I reckon you you two are very good with your stats so you should know I'm, I'm hoping you'll know this is he the first junior to get through the first elite race and win it? He's the first like, junior. Sorry, first junior. I believe he's, into yeah, I believe he's the, at least the first junior male. I don't know if there's been any women that have done it. But I think he's uh, the yeah, first junior point. male, yeah. I don't know, Nico, do you yeah. know otherwise? Or? I, I think maybe Vuyos would have, I think he maybe won a World Cup as a junior, but not. He did. I don't think it was his first race into elite. I don't think anyone's ever done that before. So yeah, huge credit to him, and he's he's uh, done very very well. But yeah, going back to his run, it was um, very calculated. Going back to his whole weekend, it was very calculated. You know, I saw him yeah once getting a little bit wild, like the Jordan I probably knew of maybe last year, uh, getting a little bit out of hand in practice. But I think that was when it was a little bit wetter anyway, and they were all getting a bit out of hand. Um, but yeah, to come through quality with a solid quality. Uh, Solid semi, and then come and win the finals. You got to take your hat off to him. For sure, Nico. That's got to make the boy even more dangerous, right? Not only has he won it and got that confidence, but he's won it on what I think he said as well was a relatively safe approach to the weekend. So he knows that he can have that race-winning speed without going stupidly, you know, taking big risks. That's got to make him dangerous. Definitely. And and I would say I hope that he takes note of this recipe because in the interview, he said that he was focused on just putting down the best run that he could and not trying to win the race. And I think maybe that is a different approach than those other guys in the top five had. All those guys came in wanting to win this thing and maybe focused on the task was more helpful for Jordan. And like Ollie said, his bike did look glued to the ground the speed that he carried around some of those turns at the bottom. And that track is always so slippery. It's so hard packed with marbles and for him to carry just that much speed around all the turns, they opened them all up and was just carrying momentum. Um, it, it, it looked very impressive. So yeah, hopefully um, now he's going to be in a different mindset for the next one. And it'll be exciting to see. Yeah. The fight is on, like you said, yeah, he's only three points or two points ahead of Loris in the overall uh, and then a 15-point gap back to Loic. In the women's, Rachel leads by 10 points from Cami, who's uh, 110 then ahead of Nina. But we're still very early in the season, still all to play for. But we have got a pretty important uh, award that we need to hand out, and that is the Lit Kit uh, Award for this weekend. Ollie, what was your favourite uh, kit out there on the hillside this weekend? Good question. Good question. Um, there were some, some nice kits this year. I know. There were a few nice ones. I got a, uh, this may be a bit biased, but I actually, I actually really like Laurie's kit, the gold with the red on his bike. He, um, he, he actually, his favourite, he's got some of these designs that are going to come out later on in the year. Uh, and I don't think the gold one was one he designed. But um, yeah, I'd say that was definitely up there. Got Gold's got to win any time, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the syndicate kits were good, to be fair. They've done a good job. Nico, where are you yeah. throwing that award to? 
Yeah, Ollie, I thought I agree with you. Laurie's kit looked awesome. I thought that his, the gold one, was the coolest of, of those syndicate kits. They did a good job. Fox always does an awesome job with, with all of our kits. But they're, they were all the same design, but with different colors. So they were a team, but individualized as well. So that, mm. that was super cool. I also thought, um, I was impressed with how good the, the new Mondraker kits looked too. Um, I know Brooke maybe wasn't the most stoked that they all had to go to one gear sponsor and lose their individual sponsors but i thought as they, they all looked really good like i thought they mm-hmm. ended up being like a really good looking team kit um but I, I i would say bruni's was my favorite and i wouldn't be the one to maybe wear a, a neon green <laughs> kit but i thought that for him it, it looked awesome and he could pull it off so that was that was definitely a good looking complete setup yeah, it's almost a shame we don't get to see it in the the racing because he ends up in the world champ stripes. But yeah, I agree. The neon was was pretty special. I quite like the FMD kits. I think they did a good job with that. Quite like the pink shoes that the guys had, and uh, it definitely stood out amongst the crowd. So yeah, but a, a good season so far for kits. There was some nice stuff up on the hill. Well, um, it's been awesome. It's been so good to get some downhill racing going after such a massively long off season i think it's safe to say we're going to have a pretty exciting season ahead the racing's tight and fast and there's so many people stacked into all of those fields that can give us a good good weekend of racing so thanks for taking some time to uh catch up and um i look forward to catching up with you both after the next race in the year gang cheers guys awesome we'll, we'll talk to you in a week All right, that's it for this episode with Nico and Ollie and our first Maxxis Tires post-race show of the year. I really hope you've enjoyed listening. A massive thank you to Maxxis for supporting this season. Maxxis have got incredible tires for you no matter how or where you ride. So head over to maxxis.com or visit your local Maxxis dealer and check them out. Here's a few other links that might be useful to you too. Downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow so you never miss an episode. Forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch. And forward slash EP if you'd like to get your hands on copies of our lovely print project, Downtime EP. If you want to help support the show, you can set up a regular donation over at patreon.com forward slash downtimepodcast. As always, spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening. That's it for today, but until next time, get out and ride. <laughs>